This is the Austin ISD X podcast, X as in X official or unofficial. While we focus on the issues in the Austin Independent School District, the conversations we have about education are important to everyone. This is our hot take and reflection episode as we look back on the elections for school board, the elections for the bond, and the news that our interim superintendent um, is leaving. So before we get started, real quick, uh, let me go around and make sure everybody can drop a, a first take, right? So we'll start with Candace. Candace, welcome. Do you have a real quick first take on what we're going to talk about? Elections, bond, superintendent? Um, I would say with the elections and with the bonds, that it was a referendum. I think the people of Austin are ready to reinvest in public education. Bet. Okay, Emily, to you. Uh, real quick first word on the elections, the bond, the uh, trustee, the superintendent. Yeah, I think that there's a real mandate um, that came down during the election for for Austin ISD and for everybody involved in Austin and the school system there to really focus on making a change toward toward educational justice for everyone in the district. And that should really influence the selection of a new superintendent. I, I guess my first take is if you thought we were bad when we had a school board that we didn't trust or believe would do change, wait till you'll see what kind of expectations we have when we have a school board we do trust and believe. It's about to be, it's about to go up to another level. Okay, y'all, this is the Austin ISDX podcast. That was our first take. Welcome. Let's do some real quick introductions. My name is Cuitlahuac Donatiu Guerra Mojarro. I'm a 15-year classroom teacher, a brown Mexican immigrant. I have a partner. Uh, we have three beautiful children. They all attend Austin ISD schools, at least the ones that are old enough to. And uh, I'm against uh, school closures. That's how I got into this racket. And I'm for the reinvestment in public education as a service, as a good for everyone. Uh, and with me, as always, is trustee-elect Candace Hunter. Candace, introduce yourself to anyone who may not already know who you are. I'm Candace Hunter, a third-generation Austinite, 20-year public education advocate and newly elected trustee here in East Austin. I have a 2021 graduate from Northeast Early College High School and a current eighth grader at Sadler Means Young Women's Leadership Academy. Okay, Emily, Miss Emily Sawyer, please introduce yourself to anyone who may not already know who you are. Hey y'all, my name is Emily Sawyer. I'm a white middle-class uh, woman. I have just moved from Austin to Pittsburgh, PA with our five sons and uh, my husband. And we all the kids attend our neighborhood schools in Pittsburgh Public School District. I'm a stay-at-home uh, parent who spends significant time and energy on public education advocacy. And that's after we got dumped headfirst into the deep end of AISD, trying to navigate the middle school choice process with our oldest, who is now in 11th grade. Dang, y'all, you, you do not understand Emily Sawyer's commitment to this school district. She moved to a different state, different time zone, and is still advocating for the children and the students here in Austin ISD while also trying to make things right over there in Pittsburgh. We appreciate you, Emily. Um, we are thrilled and over the moon that you, Miss Candace Hunter, were, was elected in District 1 to represent us. Woo uh, <laughs> it's been it's been quite a journey if you think about it we were like recording this three two summers ago and i i we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second but over here in district one candace hunter was elected uh i'll try to i guess i gotta go numerical maybe district four northwest austin our trustee elect is katherine whitley chu uh, and then in district six south central austin 
Our new trustee elect is Andrew Gonzalez. District 7, Southwest Austin, not South Central, but Southwest. Uh, the race was unopposed. It was, is, is our trustee elect is uh, pretty sure it's Dr. David Kaufman. Pretty sure he's a doctor. Yes. And then at large, the citywide school race, Arthi Singh has been reelected. Um, so she stays as our trustee. Uh, and I'm, I, okay, Candace, Catherine, Andrew, David, Arthi. I think I got everybody. And then the Austin ISD bonds. There were, there were, um, if you've been listening, you know that I've been working on these bonds. A lot of people working on these bond packages. All three bond packages passed. Bond package A, which dealt a lot specifically with the schools, passed. B, which dealt with technology, passed. And C, which dealt with athletics, passed. So all three of those passed. Um, and then, <laughs> While we, like the day after the election, it was announced that our interim superintendent, Dr. Anthony Mays, is taking the permanent position, superintendent position in A-Leaf ISD in the Houston area, and will be leaving at the end of the semester. So we'll need an interim to the interim. There's a lot to digest, but I think the point Candace made about the referendum is where I want to start, because these elections weren't even close, not even close. Like, we got a lot of respect for Roxanne Evans on the podcast. She was a co-host. And there was a lot of people talking about how, regardless of who won, Candace or Roxanne, the people, the, the students in District 1 and the students in Austin, Austin ISD are going to be well-served by someone who's ready to make some change. Uh, but still, Candace won with like 60-some-odd percent of the vote. Same in District 4 with Ka Catherine Whitley Chu. She won with like 60-70% of the vote. Uh, over a guy named Clint Small, who um, sounded like a legacy. His dad, or I think a dad was on the Austin ISD school board, so was a granddad. And, and we can break down that race in a second. But then over in District 6, South Central, Andrew Gonzalez, a former Austin ISD teacher, uh, you know, product of the Austin ISD schools, a student. Parents were a teacher, just like, you know, been here for generations, his family. Uh, he defeated the incumbent, Austin ISD uh, school board president, Geronimo Rodriguez, again, by like 60 some odd percent. Um, and then uh, Dr. David Kaufman on a pose, so he got all the votes. But Arthi Singh, our trustee incumbent, also won the school-wide election with some 66%. Like these races weren't even close, y'all. It wasn't even close. Um, same with the bond. The first bond package that did all the facilities, uh, again, overwhelmingly passed. Uh, same with technology. The only one that was mildly close was the athletics mm -hmm. bond C, mm -hmm. which, which came in at 58%. That was the that was the lowest winning election result, 58%. And 58% still is not even close when you talk, when you think about elections. So like for me, what Candace said is 100% correct. It's a referendum. The people of Austin have said, we want teachers on the school board, which doesn't seem to happen very often, nor does it happen on the scale that we saw for this election, where all five candidates that were won their elections, uh, contested or not, are all former classroom teachers. And then the bond overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly passed and supported. Maybe a little close for athletics, but still not even close. It was a referendum. I've talked enough, Candace. Uh, what else do you want to say about this referendum? So I think it's really important for people to understand that you do not have to be in education or have any sort of educational background actually to be on the school board. But I think that our community said, I think other people have had a shot. We really want teachers to be in a, a place and a position to be able to support other teachers. And I think another thing that's super important to notice about the election 
is that you're right. It was two to one. And so, especially in a community where, uh, for me in district one, where we actually had more, I feel like more non-parents voting than we actually have parents. We have a lot of gentrification going on. We have a lot of uh, young people who are maybe double income, no kids, but you know, they were voting. People were coming up to me saying, hey, I voted for you. And I was like, great, where do your kids go to school? They're like, oh, we don't have kids. Yeah, no kids. But parents had spread the good word. And I will never, ever, ever doubt again, word of mouth, because of course we did events and other things, but a lot of word of mouth. I think a race that is, that everybody should be focusing in on is that district six race, because this is unheard of. It's not like, you know, uh, uh, Trustee Rodriguez is a very trusted community member. He's well known. He's um, in the public eye quite a bit, but it was his stance on a lot of, or lack thereof, on education issues where people said, we want to see someone say either yes or no, but no more riding the bench, no more middle ground. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the bonds, again, I was really surprised that C got as high. I was hoping that it would pass, but I know a lot of people in their minds don't always think that uh, co-curricular activities like sports are important, but they really are. And for a bunch of our kids, that's why they come to school. It's not the academics necessarily why they're coming to school. So again, I'm very pleased, of course, with the election, um, humbled by the, um, the numbers as they've come out. Um, super um, excited about all of the bonds. And so I can say this, uh, for the first time you have this many teachers on the board, this many current AIS and future AISD parents on the board. And then, so, you know, we've been given the money, we've been given the people and we've been given the will. I mean, this is on us, we, we, we've got to get it right. I think it's really important to think about the context of the last few years and the way the pandemic and the sort of in and out tenure of our uh, former superintendent affected uh, the school district and the morale and the uh, educational excellence that was being delivered. And I think this idea that, you know, things can't be done to teachers and students, they have to be done with them, really yeah. is showing itself in this election. And the investment from the bonds is just mind blowing. And it's really exciting to think about the possibilities ahead of AISD right now. $2.44 billion combined between A, B and C. And let me tell you all something, it was not the easiest process long range planning committee, bond steering committee members working for over a year to shepherd this bond package through an equity process where we stay centered on the marginalized communities, the black and brown communities, east side communities, the students with disabilities communities, the recent immigrant communities, stay centered on those communities throughout the process. And they almost screwed it up at the end. I don't know how many people know this, but let's tell this story real quick. The bond steering committee, uh, proposed two packages a and b right for lack they're, they're not to get confused we get that we presented two options one option did not raise taxes and was valued about 1.5 billion and then the second option did raise taxes very very small tax increase overall 
where our tax our tax burden our tax rate for Los Angeles actually decreased, which is decreasing it by less with this bigger two point four four billion package. So that was the work of the two uh, of the steering committee, a uh, bond steering committee, long range planning committee. Then the district got their hands on it and created a third option, which was the same two point four four billion, but it took twelve percent of that two point four four billion away from LBJ, away from Northeast, away from Burnett away from these schools that have high concentrations of poverty, black and brown kids. And they took that money and gave it to uh, McCallum High School, Austin High School, Murkison Middle School, right? With these, these, these communities that were wealthier, whiter, and enjoy more privilege. And it took a bunch of people in the community, not just the bond steering committee members who showed up and started to, um, you know, tell who started to showed up and started to tell the school board that someone was wrong. But like we had community members come out the woodwork to let Austin ISD know that what they did here was an act of racism, right? You can't take these 12% away from these black and brown schools, move it to the wealthier white schools and pretend like everything's, everyone's going to be good with that. Now, thanks to some work done by the chief financial officer, uh, Eduardo Ramos, chief operations officer, Matias Segura, they found an extra 12%. I don't know how they did it. They went through the budget, they scraped, and they found an extra 12% to add on to option the option that the bond steering committee um, presented so that no one would have to take 12% from anybody. Everybody got everything. And that made the bond um, an incredible work because it got all the trustees on board to vote on it. Nobody in the community had any reason to oppose it other than the, the normal, oh, I don't want to have to pay for kids' athletics facilities. I don't want to raise my taxes, even though tax rates lowering. Um, there was just overwhelming support for this bond package. And then we're giving out flowers. Let me give out flowers to the people at Austin ISD who showed up at uh, events all across the community in the city. Our friend Gloria. Um uh, shout out Gloria, shout out Ali, shout out Carla, shout out all these people who we see at these meetings when they work with us in the long range planning. But they're out there on the ground informing the public. They're not they're not allowed to advocate for it. They're just informing the public saying, hey, if you, there's this bond. If you vote for it, here's what will happen. And people responded. There was there was very little opposition to the to the bond. Uh, uh, lots of reasons for to support it. And it, and it was a bond that really did center black and brown kids, east side kids, um, students and communities that have con higher concentrations of poverty. So there was no reason to vote against it. And y'all, Austin ISD was like the only Central Texas school district that passed all of its bonds. I can, I'm pretty sure. Like Copeland had a bond, voted against it. Dripping Springs couldn't pass any of their bonds, A, B, or C. Lake Travis passed one, two, but not the third, right? Not the third. So Leander, Leander's one for two, right? Pflugerville didn't pass all of their bonds. So, uh, um, I mean, for Austin ISD to do what they did, put this bond package out there that was equitable, and then to have workers go out there and spread the word, and then to have the response from the community, overwhelming response from the community, the Proposition A passed with 72.58% of the vote. Proposition B, 72.12%. Proposition C, athletics, 58%. These are huge numbers, y'all. Huge numbers. So I'm, I'm, sending, I'm here to give out flowers to the people who worked at Austin IC to spread the word, the chiefs who found the extra 12% so that nobody had to be racist and say, we're going to move this money, right? And, and to the bond steering committee, long-range planning committee that worked for over a year to put something together. Y'all, I cannot tell you how happy I am about this bond proposals 
and and the numbers that went across them. Um, but so yeah, we we've kind of covered a lot, but I'm gonna bring it back to you, Candace, because now I need that human reflection from you. You were a candidate, you were you've been on this podcast, hosting this podcast, doing the work of a trustee for like years now, right? I, people know you because you go to everything, show up for everything. Now you're a candidate. I, I'm ready just to listen to what you have to share to, with us about your experience, about what you've learned. And then I probably got some choice questions you may or may not want to answer now that you're a trustee. But tell <laughs> us, Candace, what is it? what was it like for you? You know what? In the beginning, way back, I'll say in May, it was just like, hey, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to run a good race. I'm going to make sure that my, you know, my name is known. Um, because what I have on my side were parents. Because during the pandemic, remember, that's how a lot of people, uh, that's how I became their first um, touch point was during the pandemic when we were shut down and everybody was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I was answering parents like one at a time through Facebook. And then that's when I was like, let me start making videos because I, I can maybe touch more people. And that just kind of became a thing. And so I think a lot of parents trusted me from, from early, you know, mid, uh, early 2020 rather, because it was in March. And so they knew that what I was trying to do was support them. Teachers already knew me because I'd already been in the schools supporting them. But Austin is a lot bigger than just teachers and parents. And the community at large had no idea of who I was. And I will be just honest. They didn't care. There is, when you run for office, there's this sort of like, even though, and people need to understand that running for school board is nonpartisan in that you don't have a D, an R, an I by your name, right? That's as far as it is. And also when it comes to kids, I don't care, you know, what side of the aisle you're on, your kids go to AISD, then I want to represent them and I want to make sure they have what they need. But, you know, there were these, uh, these forums that we, we were going to go to. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go to these because this is like the Democrats and public. I'm not going to that. And they were like, no, you, you kind of got to go. But as I found out when I was going that I, I was the underdog, like in this race, I was the underdog because I was not tuned in to the Dems. It's no secret. I vote blue, celebrated Beto when, I, when we were trying to get him elected. But what I didn't have were those local connections. And that seemed to be, at the time, we didn't know. At the time, I thought, this, I'm done. There's no way I'm going to win this. Because all of these endorsements, right? And remember, I talked to you and you were like, yeah. But in the last race, there were people that got endorsements and they weren't elected. And so as I just, I just started thinking to myself, look, I could win. I could lose. And I felt like at the time, I was like, I'm probably going to lose. But could I get more people on side of public education? So that's what I started doing at the forums. I was like, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to tell the truth. And people just teach them about public education, like tell them what's going on and help them realize you got to get your head in the game, whether you got kids or not, because these kids are going to be someday working with you, for you. You're going to be working for them. And the people you think we're cranking out, we're not going to be cranking those people out. And so as, as the election went on, I really struggled and it was just like, I, and I didn't have a campaign manager per se. I was doing everything myself. You know, my son had done all my graphics, but I had two people come into my life, Nadia Khan and Sharon Vane, shout out to them. They were like, 
who's helping you? And I was like, I'm doing it myself. They're like, not anymore. And I mean, they jumped in and they just carried that wave events and planning things and suggesting things and, um, you know, just being my own personal cheerleaders. And so once we got to early voting, I'm telling y'all, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't know. People, like I was going to the polls. There was nobody at the polls on Monday, nobody at the polls on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like a whole week. Second week, same deal, it's like 20 people. Then on Friday, the last Friday, I, I went to the polls around five o'clock. There were people everywhere. People like wrapped around Delco, like the parking lot at the Millennium was full. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is crazy. And when I was in there, there were people like, you know, handing out slips of paper and the Chronicle endorsement and people were like, and one guy was like, hey, vote for Candace Hunter. I was like, I am Candace Hunter. I already voted. Thank you. Um, and so it was amazing. And then, you know, I was nervous. I, you, you were at my little do and Emily was electronically there that I didn't want a lot of people because I was still so scared that those numbers were not going to be what they needed to be. So then I think we, we were getting ready for the party. And my daughter said, oh, somebody's texting you some numbers. And I was like, I don't know what that is. She goes, well, it's about the election. I was like, oh my God, don't read it. <laughs> She's like, I can't, and I'm not sure I'm reading it correctly, <laughs> but I think, I think you won. I was like, well, I can't win because it's just early voting. <laughs> so she was like, no, I, I think this says you won. I said, you can't win early voting. And she gives me the numbers and I'm like, holy crap. Oh my God. Because even then it was already at two to one. Yeah. And then we sit there at uh oddwoods and we're just like the numbers are coming in and i remember like sam uh carillo shows up and he's like and you were you were like refresh refresh and um they said the numbers and i said i just couldn't get excited i was like sam check again check again check again <laughs> and even the next morning i woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and I checked again to make sure i hadn't dreamt it um but it was it was amazing I learned a lot about politics that not, you know, in a way that I'm better prepared to maneuver to help people understand public education. I also learned that a lot of people in politics don't know nothing about, it. I was like, I don't want to have to beat this out. They don't, they know very little about public education and how it works. And I mean, I'm talking like down to the ledge. Um, and so I just, I'm excited to work with the people. I think uh, one of the trustees elect said today, uh, this is a dream team. I don't even know that I could have dreamed up this team, right? Um, so I'm excited. I'm ready to get to work. And, uh, you know, it's already been posted. Uh, I'm actually an, an official legit trustee now. I've already been sworn in. There you go. I'm ready to get to work. There you go. I'm going to ask for, I'm going to ask for like a human uh, moment from Emily here. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm, I have a question for you, Emily. Uh, but like something that Candace said, that's a word uh, that we're gonna have to come back to, or, or just have to like say. I need to put this out there. All of these political parties, the Travis County Democrats, the Black Austin Democrats, the Young Democrats, the Stonewall Democrats, the DSA Democrat Socialists, like all of these people coming out, uh, giving out their endorsements for the school board. Like, thank you for caring 
and wanting to endorse school board candidates. How can we keep you interested mm -hmm. in the school board? How can we keep you in the game? We don't need, um, you know, seasonal interest just because election season come around. Now you're interested in the school, but we need your help. Uh, 365. You know what I'm saying? So that's definitely a word. We need a we need to shout out some of these um, political parties, I guess, for lack of a better word, and see what we can do to keep them informed. Maybe they should be listening more often. Uh, spread, <laughs> drop the link in your in your in your group chats, my people. Uh, but how do we keep them in the loop uh, and then engaged in school board mm -hmm. stuff? But Emily, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna ask you because like I know that if you were still in Austin, still in District 1, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, you would have been there with us, uh, knocking on doors, filling out postcards, texting voters. So just like human moment for me, like what is it like, what do you, just how do, what are you feeling seeing Candace run and win uh, the school board race? Um, well, I'm gonna have to stop crying for a second to answer this question because I just can't, I can't believe that I get to know you, Candace. Um, I am so proud to be your friend. And I cannot think of a better person to be in the position that you're in and you definitely deserved it. And yeah, I just, it's hard for me to be here, but it's so lovely for me to see the possibilities um, for Austin ISD and, um, it, it gives me some hope to dream for, you know, for Pittsburgh and for other areas where I have a lot of, um, just feel a lot of care for issues. And I just think it's really, it's really cool to watch someone do the work, be genuine, act with integrity and end up in the place that they belong. I don't think it happens as often as it should. And I just am really, really grateful that I even got to watch it from afar. And it killed me not to be there working with you guys those months. Um, but I knew you were in good hands. I mean, <laughs> Nadia is a force of nature. So <laughs> I had no doubt. Um, and I, I, I'll just stop because then I really will cry. Um, <laughs> and I don't want that on the recording, but <laughs> I think it's really interesting point that you brought up there from what Candace said, Quitlawak, because, you know, education really is not a parent and teacher issue. It is something that affects everyone all the time. Um, and one of the things I'd love to see in Austin and in, um, and in Pittsburgh and all across the country is more involvement for the kids. Mm-hmm in, in decision-making and what schools look like and what, what really needs to happen at school. Um, and so I hope in addition to getting folks involved 365 days a year, adults, I hope we'll really look to the students and, and really center them because schools are for kids and they don't look like they're for kids right now. And I'll just leave it there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all here to give you your flowers, Candace. I think the, um, you worked really hard. The, you earned this through years of advocacy and showing up. And then um, over these weeks and months of the campaign, you still showed up, right? You were in, you were in uh, pickup lines, after school pickup lines for parents, putting yourself out there. You were at 
opening uh the opening of Norman Sims, you're at Hope Fest. You're just you're still out there in the community, um, shaking hands and listening and being there to listen, being there to be like, yo, I'm here because I want to represent you, but that means listening to you, uh, introducing yourself to people, um, and letting your work speak for itself, really. And then the idea of of let's elect a teacher, the teacher ticket, I think carried the day for sure. And you earned it through your advocacy, through your experience as a teacher and in your hard work on the ground uh, during the campaign, for sure. I want to um, also break down some of these other races. I know you wanted you wanted to say something about South Central. I'm going I'm to start over with Northwest because people don't know this story, Candice, but I'm going to tell this story. You tell me if I'm wrong. You correct the story, right? But see, what had happened was North Austin Democrats, another one of these little political party groups, pretty sure that's what it was. North Austin Democrat had like a meeting a couple months ago, somewhere in Allendale uh, neighborhood, somewhere around there, a park, and you were there. You were just listening, vibing, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure what it was. Or maybe you should tell the story, but <laughs> let me get, let me, let me, let me tell you what I know and you tell me if I'm wrong. You were sitting next to the State Board of Education representative for most of the people here in Austin, Dr. Bell. She she is on the State Board of Education. You were letting her know that there were some ideologues going to run for the school board in Northwest Austin and nobody was going to step to them. And so she was like, yo, stop the meeting, drag you to the front, told you what was going on. And then there was I, I don't know everybody in Austin politics, but you told everybody what was going on in this meeting and someone in the audience was a judge, Judge Choose. Uh, I don't know his name, but his wife, better half, uh, uh, is Catherine Whitley Chu, a former teacher who uh, he he says, yo, I heard about this was going down. And then she like steps up and says, all right, I'm going to run and runs a campaign where she's like the teacher ticket, y'all. Um, I'm not here to I'm here to make things better for the kids, like kid centered, student centered. And her opponent, Clint Small, who talked about kind of a legacy uh, to speak about this partisan, these partisan groups, my man Clint Smalls over here made it a partisan issue. He's like, yo, um, Catherine Whitley Chu is running for school board. It's a nonpartisan race and she's doing all of this partisanship. And I'm like, all right, fine. You can be you can be upset about that. But then he'd be like, she's a Democrat, which is dumb for two reasons. One, everybody in Travis, a lot of people in Travis County are Democrats. So calling someone a Democrat as a way to like try to make them lose votes ain't going to happen. And then can you not see your blatant hypocrisy? She's being partisan, and now I will denigrate her for the party that she's trying to be partisan towards. Come on, my guy. You can't have it both ways. He's talking on both sides of your mouth. So it just went from bad to worse for my man over there. And I, and I appreciate his work on the Long Range Planning Committee and, you know, his long ties to Austin ISD. But Catherine Whitley Chu was like, I'm a teacher. I'm going to keep it teacher-centered, and I'm not about this 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 partisan conversation. Just gotta You got to get elected in the system that you're in, which is all these partisan groups are handing out endorsements. So, um Candace, am I am I right about this story? That's Are pretty we... much what happened. You know, I just um, Dr. Bell, when I was I was just telling her, man, how much I appreciate her work and all the, the you know, I'm a history teacher and I, I appreciate all the fighting that you've done to make sure that true history is being taught in, in our schools. And then I explained to her what was going on. And she, you know, the meeting was nearing its end. I think Lloyd Doggett was there. Um Judge Chu was there. Sarah Eckhart was there. I mean, it was a it was like a, a, a thing. And so, yeah, Judge Chu heard it. He went home and Catherine, you know, she had every reason to say, well, I'm gonna let somebody else take that on. She's got young children, right? Pre-K and a baby. And, but she was like, uh-uh, not on my watch. 
if there needs to be somebody that steps up into this space, my girl did it. And she's not a shrinking violet. She is, she says what she says and she means it. And I, I have mad respect for her. And I am so happy uh, to be on the board with her. Yo, we gotta, you gotta hook up us. Uh, you gotta hook, you gotta get her on the show. I don't know her. I've never talked to her, but I was like, people should vote for her because she's a teacher, teacher ticket. And Clint Smalls is doing some trashy campaigning, whatever. But Candace, you want to talk uh, uh, about trashy campaigning. Maybe you don't want to talk it. Maybe this is like a different conversation because we're just trying to hot take and reflect on the election. But let's bring it over to District 6, South Central Austin. First of all, before I get started, because I need to make sure we put this on record, because Emily brought it up, the country needs to be put on notice. Like if you if you want to, if you're trying to like figure out how do we stop these ideologues from conserve, from whatever political part of the spectrum they're from. But if we want to stop these kind of like, quote unquote, culture wars, it's not culture wars, it's just white supremacy and patriarchy from taking over the school board. The political response to win this election is vote for teachers. I hope the nation has noticed Austin ISD and the people of Austin and what they did and say, oh, the teacher ticket is the ticket for school boards to not only do what's best for kids, but to also beat back the fascism and the white supremacy and the patriarchy that's trying to take over our school boards. Nothing to do with District uh, 6, but I needed to put that on record because District 6, you also saw something that just is crazy to any outsider. The incumbent is the president of the board running for re-election, actually having to run. The, the history there is Geronimo Rodriguez was pretty sure appointed um, and, then, and then and then when Paul Saldana stepped down and then didn't have wasn't ran an uncontested race four years ago. And mm -hmm. so he's been chilling for six years doing damage like I cannot sit here and start with the damage that this man has done to our school system without it devolving. But you have this guy named Andrew Gonzalez, who is a teacher who has <laughs> going off on everybody's end, who is a teacher uh, who is a product of Austin ISD. He was a student in Austin ISD. Um, first time I met Andrew Gonzalez was again over the pandemic because um, everybody was doing Zoom stuff. And uh, for, from, from the University of Texas, Dr. Angela Valenzuela was, was promoting a Zoom about ethnic studies. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I think I'm pretty sure it, she dropped some names that, oh, there's going to be an Austin ISD teacher there. And I'm like, all right, well, this, this sounds cool. Let me see what's up. And maybe I had like uh, messed with Andrew on Twitter. I don't know. I did not know that I, that I was going to meet Andrew that night. But I go to this Zoom and Valence Dr. Valenzuela is there. Andrew's on there. And Andrew brings some students from this ethnic studies course that he had started and like continued from middle to high or some stuff like that. And um, I was just like blown away by first that he centered students and second that he like put that put put did the work to do that because it ain't no thing just to like create uh, your your own course and to make sure you're aligned with the statewide movement to make ethnic studies courses um, uh, fulfilling graduation requirements and just offered at schools and supported. So I was mad impressed with Andrew when I met him. And then like for real, y'all, I did not care who ran against Geronimo. You could have you could have put up any almost anybody, and I would have held my nose and just been like, please vote for this person, like as positively as possible, because I don't want to just tell people to vote against Geronimo. But that didn't have to happen because Andrew is a dream candidate for someone like me, right? Like you said, it was a dream ticket. Like I could not think of a better person to replace uh, Geronimo Rodriguez than Andrew Gonzalez and, and everything that, he's, uh, that we talked about. But that race to me didn't get enough attention for the complete 
beatdown it was. Like, it wasn't even close. Two to one margins here. And I'm just really happy that Andrew's on there. I've said it. I've said a lot. What do y'all want to what do y'all want to say about that about that race? I think it's really telling um, again to see someone who has experience in in the um, school system at a at a campus level, at a like person to person level, not just some ideas about education and um, and also, just to see someone who, again, is personally invested, acting with integrity, and truly cares, I think is a real counterpoint to someone who felt essentially like a political appointee and had sort of, for better or worse, you can say what you want about being a president of a board like that, but to have somebody who I watched be a board member for six years and I couldn't tell you what they cared about. Nope, nothing. I could not tell you because it's, it felt like their words and their actions never matched. So I just think you, you know, we're getting to a point where you can't get away with that kind of stuff. And I think it's really, it's definitely time for that kind of change. I think you're right, Emily. And I think that in a time, so and we thank all of the trustees for their service, but the kind of trustees that we've had previously, that time is over. I will say that I went to like a couple festivals last Saturday and I felt like an absolute rock star. And it really, I was like, what is going on? I'm still Candace, but they had never seen, and this happened, I thought it was really funny. I saw a picture of myself on the internet and I was like, whoa, I didn't pose for that. I didn't, I didn't like get permission for that, but everything was very complimentary. And what this person was saying was, is look, there's our trustee elect. How I'm so excited that she is out in the community, that she is talking with parents, that she's meeting people because that's the kind of trustees they are expecting now. They know what our community knows what it wants and it knows what it does not want. And there was a time when you could say, oh, I'm not going to go on campuses because I really don't want to disrupt um, the, the daily processing of the campus. There was a time where you could say, I really want to be in the middle of the road and kind of ride the pine and, and, and just kind of be a good, um, you know, uh, have great governance and that sort of thing. But our community is saying, you need to get down and you need to come on down here with us because you're up there making decisions and you haven't spoken with us or it's been very uh, perfunctory and uh, very performative, but we need you to hear what we are saying. And I think that that's the expectation from now on. Like there's no going back. This community has said, we trust you to a point. And we still have to earn trust. I realize that we still have to earn trust, but I, I know that this particular configuration of a board has brought a lot of hope to a lot of people. And I tell you that weighs on me in a way, not a negative way, but in a way that says, I gotta get this right. I have to make sure that I'm reading all of my documents and doing my homework. And um, that's one of the reasons I actually um, went ahead and got sworn in is because I don't wanna have to wait to get these documents the day before. I want them now so that I can know what I am talking about and what good questions to ask when I am sitting up there and, and people are expecting me to do what they've asked me to do by electing me. So. 
Um, I we appreciate what they've done, but that time has passed, and and now we are we are moving on. I think it's time also uh, for parents to jump in. A lot of parents are involved, but we have a lot of parents that have just said, you know what? I can't trust y'all. Every time you say you're going to do it, you don't do it. You don't mean it. And so you know what? I'm just tapping out. And I I am begging parents and, and, and the people who are listening, if you know someone who has just become disengaged, say, look, I know it's not been what it needed to be, but just check back in for a minute and see if it's something you can get behind. Because I think that's going to do a couple of things that we have to have happen. Yo, so um, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that you brought it back to the we need to stay involved because there's still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Especially for I'm gonna say uh, students who receive special education, um, yes. <laughs> I think that's yes. a very immediate need in terms of what parents where, where parents need support. Um, trying to keep it focused on the topic, which is the election. So um, let me just say that first that the legacy of uh, the Geronimo Rodriguez presidency of the school board is will and all, will begin and end with school closures for me. And so um, I think about trustee Arthi Singh and her role in the school closures, because at first she was for it, ripped the bandaid off. We got to close these schools. And then she listened right to community members. And then she learned about the impact of that policy choice and she changed her mind and she was uh, uh, voted against school closures. Right. So other votes that I don't think are great from trustee Singh, but my but like what you said, Candace, is that she puts herself out there like uh, office hours or coffee shop hours or listening sessions like she makes the attempt to try to listen to the community members and be responsive to what she hears, which is why it was an overwhelming choice for the um, citywide race that she wins so resoundly against somebody who um, couldn't shake the rep of being in it for ideological reasons reasons that people don't necessarily want in terms of like lack for a better word she's book banner book burner whatever like that label there's a reason you couldn't shake it right but there's also a reason that trustee singh was an overwhelming choice because she does she is she's a classroom teacher she's got that experience and she's shown over the four years that um she'll listen and she'll learn and maybe even change her mind right and so Trustees like Geronimo Rodriguez, trustees like the people who are, have left since school closures in 2019. Thank you for your service and let the results of elections for now, I guess, be, be part of that legacy too. Like the people are not, are done with that. So now the stakes are a little higher because like we got the, the, to round out the election analysis. I don't know if y'all got um, anything to say about that. Dr. David Kaufman probably scared off anybody who was thinking about running down there, right? When you see somebody who uh, used to work for the district at a very high level, has a lot of experience and credentials across the education uh, career chain, <coughs> excuse me, teacher, assistant principal, principal, uh, central office, like the, how are you going to beat that, right? What do you What do you bring that this person can't and is willing to do it, a trustee that does an unpaid position like that? So you know what say what you will about him dr kaufman he ran unopposed because he was a great strong candidate and so i think it was an overwhelming choice across the city about who they wanted to see on their school board but now the expectations are up right and so i do appreciate candace taking you time you're taking time 
from reading all these documents that you're already asking for to come and see on the show, we probably got to have to talk about what it's going to look like moving forward. Just having a transparent, raw conversation in front of our audience. I tell y'all what, I didn't really want to do much for the election because the choices were so dang obvious. Right. And I feel vindicated by saying, no, nah, you know what? We don't need to have we don't need to talk to anybody. Like the choices were so obvious. The, I did want to speak to Roxanne and I did reach out to her and it's just, I just, maybe my heart wasn't in it. Maybe I could not in good consciousness have like an objective conversation with her knowing that I was going to vote for Candace, right? But so, so maybe that's fine. But there was no reason for me to platform any of these other candidates that were so not the right choice, especially compared to the choices that we did have. Dream team, y'all better bring it then. Y'all don't understand. Y'all keep saying dream team. <laughs> You better make it so because there's still a lot of people for whom Austin ISD is a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. Like my kid mm -hmm. has less music and art at elementary school because of policies in place, put in place very recently, right? My kid, you, both our kids can just go to these single gender schools with low enrollment and high concentrations of black, brown and, and poverty that they just keep taking and taking and taking. There's a lot to be had. So um, let me put it, let's put a bow on the election thing because now we need to talk about the interim superintendent, y'all. We've been spending so much time handing out flowers on the election that we still need to talk about Dr. Mays' departure. So if y'all got a bow, if y'all got a last two cents for the election or just tell me what you, tell me, let's move on to the interim because I don't know what you got to say about that. I think that as far as the election concern, I think, you know, uh, unless Emily has something, I've, I've pretty much said, you know, thank you. <laughs> That's what I can say. And that I'm ready to get to work. And, um, you know, I've been an advocate all these times and I've been holding trustees accountable. And I don't expect people in, in the advocacy community to do any less for me. Yeah. And I, I would just add quickly before we get into the superintendent piece that, um, I do think that there are high expectations and there's a lot of, um, you know, people that are ready for a change. And this is a really, you know, an, an institution like AISD is a really big ship to turn around. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to have a lot of grace and a lot of patience isn't the right word. Cause I don't want to be patient anymore, but, um, a lot of working together and gathering constituencies so that we can make the right changes for the people that need change the most. But I just think, yeah, the idea of patience and um, and that is sort of not the frame to take, but maybe grace. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not very good at either of those things. I feel like they're areas of growth. Um, <laughs> look, if someone had patience and grace personally, it was Dr. Anthony Mays. Like uh, personally, right? Uh, I met the guy, talked to the guy, hung out with the guy. Like real nice guy. And everything everyone said about him as a person is 100% on. Patience with me, right? I'm in there like spitting fire on Zoom meetings about this bond. And he's being very patient and very gracious with me. Um, and so personally, can't think of a better person to be a superintendent, right? Um, it was the policies that did it for me. All due respect, I feel like if, Dr. Mays really wanted to stay at Austin ISD, then I think it was plain for everyone to see that people were not happy with Dr. Eli Talde, um, the person that he took over for. They, they, there was a, a lot of people just not happy about the top-down unilateral approach to removing sixth grade 
from Martin and Mendez and throwing it into the schools like that. The top, the, the, like the fact that everybody was shouting iceberg, you talk about Austin ISD is a hard ship to steer. Everybody shouting iceberg about this elementary essentials redesign. Uh, they claim it was to increase planning time for teachers. And in the end, we spend $8 million extra to cut art and music at elementary school. And everybody's saying it's going to be awful, but we keep going. And I, I've, maybe people will disagree with me. Maybe Dr. Mays wants to come up here and disagree with me. I felt like he could have he could have changed that direction. He could have said, nope, we're not going to do that, right? Um, there was a large turnover of principals. There's a large turnover in education right now, period. There was such a large turnover of principals in specifically in the Northeast vertical team, Northeast as in a, a region and a school and a vertical team, and, you know, for better or worse, nobody turned around and, and, and gave it a second thought when he was named interim. Maybe, that, maybe that's unfair. Maybe I'm being unfair right there. So for me, um, I'm happy for him. Like, this is good. Like, uh, people are going to talk about how he applied while he was the interim or, what he, or when he took on this job. He's an interim. He's got to look out for himself, what's best for him. That's not, that's not something I'm going to fault and be like, oh, you're an interim. Don't apply. No, here in interim, absolutely put your name, put your hat in the ring for a permanent job if it's one that you think is a good fit and one that's good for your family. That don't bother me. Nothing that he did to become the interim of, uh, sorry, the permanent superintendent of Alif ISD bothers me one bit. I am not upset at all. Um, if he had stayed and if he had been part of the permanent search, if he had, if he had put become a candidate for the permanent search, like we would have had to have a, another conversation and one that I'm going to have with Candace about making this permanent search a, a transparent thing. Um, but look, I got the a world of respect for Dr. Anthony Mays as a person, can't think of a greater, better person that could be a superintendent. Don't agree with the policies. Didn't see him change the policies that are making my kids experience education you know, worse right now than last year. So, um, you know, thank you for your service, not in, the in, in kind of the same vein as the trustees. Thank you for your service. And I wish you the best at A-Leaf. I hope that you do what's best for those kids. I think you will. I think you can. So now we got to search for an interim. So that's what I think about it. I don't know what you thought. think about it. I had the job for 24 hours. <laughs> and that's the, you know, the news that we got. And it was shocking. But I think it's important um, to understand that we have to, <laughs> excuse me, we have to look at this from the perspective of Dr. Mays has done what he felt he needed to do. So we we wish him then, or I should say, I think for myself, I wish him the very best at A-Leaf. I think, great. He came from Houston. He probably knows a lot of people down there. And, you know, it, it'll work out for him. Our issue, and the way this makes a little bit of room for us, is that it's a really challenging thing, right? To pick a permanent superintendent when you already have an interim who was from, that was internal, that could be competing for the job, right? And I think if people look at our history, you know, last time uh, Paul Cruz was the interim and then he got the job. That didn't necessarily mean that was gonna happen this time, but it could have scared off a lot of people. I'm very new at this picking from this side uh last time during the pandemic we were we were actually meeting with people who potentially would apply but didn't so i think that we put out a statement i, I was really 
again, humbled to be said, hey, you guys aren't technically trustees, but why don't you come in? Let's sit down and talk about what this process is going to look like and how we're going to move forward. And that statement was, was sent out. And uh, maybe we'll post that statement so people who missed it can see it with the process. Because you will have an opportunity to speak to trustees uh, and uh, multilingually. And uh, you also have an opportunity to uh, speak with trustees uh, through Zoom. So, I mean, we're, we're already trying to make good on the promise of that more transparent process. Now, what I do want to say is we have to make a decision quickly, right? December 15th, we do not have as much time as we would like. We want to make sure that when we're picking our permanent superintendent, that we give, you know, all of the, the time that we need and the space to interact with the community. That's where we really want to focus. We do have to, you know, I have to split my focus into um, for that, but I really want community members, if you have something to say, man, come to those meetings. If you can't make those meetings, email, write, call, whatever you need to do, because that's how we'll know. And this board is not saying, you know, leave it at this anonymous email that nobody's ever going to check. We're saying reach out to us, right? Reach out to us so that we can know what it is that you, you need. And then we can take that into consideration along with what the district needs are and then make a good decision for interim and then you know later on for for our permanent superintendent. Yeah, y'all can y'all can do it. interim get it done. My concern is definitely the permanent one, but mm -hmm. one thing at a time and and first things first, something like that. Emily from the out, from not outside view isn't even fair cuz you still such a you're still part of our community even from afar. What does it look like? How you how did you feel the day after the election? when you hear that, that Dr. Mays is leaving, like, like, like Hannah said, it had been 24 hours. What'd you feel? I mean, I, I was definitely shocked. I kind of, I don't know if it was um, just because the pattern is that, you know, oftentimes an interim becomes the permanent superintendent. I guess I, I must've been thinking unconsciously that that was what was going to happen again. And so it was, it was a it was another big change on top of all of the election results and i i was i was shocked um i i don't have a lot of thoughts about the interim um aside from the fact that it should it should be someone who cares about aisd um in the most in the most like human and real way, not somebody who knows the systems the best, or, although that's helpful, not but somebody who really cares about AISD, cares about kids. Um, yeah, the the permanent superintendent is a much more salient con conversation for me. So, um, but I I do wish Dr. Mays the best. I never had anything but good experiences um, with him as a leader and a person, and so um, I hope they'll welcome him and he'll do a great job down there. All right. Well, first things first, we'll have to do, get through this interim. And then, uh, you know, Candace, I know we have talked about it a lot on the record, off the record that the state of Texas and the Texas association of school boards and all these interests, very powerful interests kind of set up superintendent searches so that the community gives some input and it's well received and well publicized. Thank you for your input. 
And then a process goes through with that don't, not a lot of people understand or know about. And at the end, a lone finalist is named and they're not, you know, hired yet, but you know, there's at least like a, like a honeymoon period where they're supposed to get to know the community so that the community can trust that this is the right person, but really there's no other alternative because maybe if they don't like who they met, there's no lone, they're the lone finalists. So you know that I'm like, that's got it. That can't be the way it happens. We have to have a sunshine process. Dr. Litella had applied to a school district in Florida prior to applying here in Austin ISD and Florida. That's where the name comes from, sunshine process. It's a sunshine state, right? Where you have to uh, show the people, the candidates and their applications on record. So that didn't, that didn't dissuade her from applying for the same job that she ended up applying for here in Austin ISD in a much more... Uh, opaque process by choice, right? By choice. So I do believe that we can attract good candidates for the permanent job. I'm down with what um, Emily said. We, we need like a caretaker, someone who cares right now to kind of get us to that point in that moment. And then Candace, like, I don't even know how to end the show other than um, we got to just like hear something from you, right? The, the, the good last word right here has got to come from you because you won, you're the, you're the one who uh, is now the trustee has been doing this work and has been recording from me from the jump. Wait, you want to say hello? Okay, I'm coming. So Candace, I'm gonna put on mute so that we can hear you and, and close this out. I want to say that I am one of nine and I'm never going to use that as an excuse but what people should know is that I believe in a transparent process. And I am going to stand my ground when it comes for the community to know the last, I don't think you need to know, like if there's 30, you don't need to know 30, you don't need to know 10. You do need to know maybe the last three. I think that's important so that we can see, like get them out into the community, see how they fit. And it may be that those three are like, hmm, this is a bit different than what I thought it was gonna be. Maybe I'll drop out because that happened in A-Leaf, right? Um, and then maybe uh, people can say, hey, I really like that guy, I support that guy. So that when we make a decision, we've all been a part of it in some way. So yes, I am one of nine, but I am advocating for a very open and transparent um, process for the permanent interim. So, uh, I mean, excuse me, for the permanent superintendent. Mm -hmm. uh, most definitely want to see that. Okay, well, shoot, like, I guess we got a lot of work to do. Um, I think people, I want to let people know that um, the, the, the biggest fish to fry for me besides um, the superintendent searches is the uh, elementary redesign and then the long range plan that people uh, that have been on this podcast as co-hosts and friends of ours have been working on and new friends of ours have been working on for over a year. That's coming, that's supposed to be coming soon. The equity audit that people have been asking for for like seven years has underway essentially. Um, Marshall Middle School right here in our hood, y'all, is opening up. So um, I, th I, don't, I don't even know how else to say that the conversation and the work continues. I guess a real big hug to all the students out here because we got new schools coming at LBJ, new schools coming at Pecan Springs, at Sadler Means because of this bond that got passed. Um, I'm trying to make it, trying to bring the, the, the episode here full circle, a hot take and reflection. Coming back to the bond, the election results, but, but mostly the bond, like just it's super excited about 
the next couple of years where the work is really uh, yet to be finished because now we got to get all these construction projects done. Um, you know, it's materials, resources, time, and nothing's getting cheaper. So uh, is the construction process going to be as equitable as who gets the construction processes was? Mm. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. And uh, I guess like... Um, let me get let me get like a, a a one or two or whatever thing that you're look. I, I laid out a menu, right uh, of things, but like a one or two or a three or what what are y'all looking forward to? What's the immediate work other than the superintendent searches that you're thinking about? Um, I agree with your menu, Quitlowak. I would just add the uh, issues in the special education system in AISD and the ways that that is really failing those students and those families in ways that are, I think, you know, akin to educational abuse. And so I just don't think we can overstate the needs um, for that. I don't even want to call it a department because part of the problem is that we see it as an isolated thing that only affects certain kids and, and families when really something like that is like a, it's like a wound and it affects every part of the community. And I just think that needs to be something that is like education overall becomes an issue that we all care about because it can't continue on the way it is. It just can't. And it's, it's a real, um, I heard a, I heard a quote, I've been doing a learning Institute here in Pittsburgh and I heard a quote in that there wasn't an attribution for it, but the quote said, we can, whenever and wherever we choose, successfully teach all children whose schooling is of interest to us. We already know more than we need to do this. Whether we do it or not must finally depend on how we feel about the fact that we have not done it so far. And I cannot shake the idea that we are actively harming kids and that we just can't continue that. Well said. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us learning more about education. And as always, stay tuned for our hot take on the latest education news and our reflection on our work. We'd love to hear from you about our podcast. You can find us across all social media and podcast platforms at AISDXP. To support the work we do, you can become a patron at patreon.com AISDXP. To bring others into the conversation, please remember to like, follow, and share. <laughs>